with your girl Shonique Sneed, where you get to hear the story behind the stories. All right. Hey, you guys, I am here extremely excited for this next guest. We're on the Show Business Podcast, and I am bringing you show business on the road here at uh, Monsters of Hip Hop Convention in New Jersey. And I had to uh, get some one of my favorite people. And, uh, wow, this man has been, um, you know, pretty important in my life and in certain parts of my journey, um, helping me to move forward and propel into new and exciting things. And now he's got something exciting and new that um, he's been working on, and I just definitely wanted to talk to him and uh, get things going so then that way the world will know what Andy Funk has got going. So we're just going to dive right into it. And the first thing I would like for you to do is introduce yourself, your name, uh, and any nicknames that you might have had growing up that we don't know about. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, I'm Andy Funk. Um, Andrew Michael Motorcycle was the name I had when I was about <laughs> five and six. I'm not going to lie. I was a little hyper as a child. So Andrew, Andrew Michael, Michael Motorcycle. Motorcycle. Yeah. Cause okay. Was, what if I bring that yeah. back? <laughs> hey, whatever it takes. Awesome. Okay. So, um, where are you from? Give us a little, uh, background on where you're from, sure. your hometown and, um, yeah. What your hometown means to you. Yeah. So I grew up in small town, uh, Gettysburg, historic Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Um, you know, it's a real small town, but um, I think what it means to me is moving on. Hmm. Gettysburg's always home, but a lot of people um, where I come from stay, and that's great. Or they stay and they do what they do and the, follow the footsteps of family members in the past, and they, they don't kind of aspire to do other things. Not always, but... Um, to be here doing something like this and having traveled the world the way we have, um, I don't know. I just look at it as hope and aspiration and, you know, anybody can get to anywhere. I love really. that. Where do you live now? I live in Ellicott City, Maryland, okay. how outside far is, of Baltimore. Okay. How far is that from your hometown? Uh, about an hour. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's only about an hour I south. I love that. Uh, my wife, Becky, and I went to, to Towson City University, which is in Baltimore, and then we ended up just staying in the Baltimore area. And so I want to definitely jump back right into uh, your wife, Becky. Yeah. Okay. The other half of uh, the Monsters Empire. How did you guys meet and um, give us a little bit of an introduction on how you guys formed this journey yeah so she stalked me <laughs> no for real no she uh we we've been together since uh 1989 Woo. we started dating in high school she was a freshman i was a sophomore she walked into the band room the first day of classes and sat down beside me and uh actually she came in and she's like is this seat taken and I was like, I had seen her for years, like four years. Oh my goodness. You'll read about that. But I had seen pictures I knew of her for like four years. And I'm like this skinny, glasses wearing, spiky hair, band, <laughs> you know, nerd 
yeah. type of band guy. And she was the hot freshman, Miss Freshman, and so she sits down beside me and um, you know, I try to play it cool and all, but um, that was the start of it. She I was wearing a purple tie, she was wearing a purple dress, and she's like <laughs> Hey, your tie matches my dress, and I was about ready to, you know, what? this hot, fresh, you know, whatever. So, anyway, that was that was the beginning of it. That was um, thirty years ago. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So when did you know she was the one? When did you guys? When sixth did, grade. Oh my goodness! No. I, I could say sixth grade. Maybe I saw a picture of her at her sister's house, uh, her sister's apartment, college. It was old band, you know. It, uh, instructor that kind of introduced me. I knew her sister and her sister's partner before I knew her. Gotcha. And um, I saw her picture in sixth grade. Oh my goodness. And I thought that she was beautiful then, it, which is weird. I know I was in seventh grade and she's in sixth grade, but still, I was just, you know, I had seen her and um, we grew up together in high school. She was there for me at times when I needed her most early on, like when stuff happened um, in life that didn't wasn't expected wasn't announced she was there from day one so wow um, yeah that's I don't know it's kind of meant to be I was gonna say and that's really how it happens it yeah. really is meant to be it's like there's a connection if there's a connection there's a connection if there's not then there's not and you guys are definitely that story that happy ending story where you guys were really meant to be together yeah um, and then tell us about your family you've got yeah, so uh, my parents um, have done everything for me. Um, you know, I had a brother who had leukemia when he uh, died when he was 19. Um, so it was the four of us, um, lots of cousins, um, grandparents. I was really fortunate to have my grandparents with me for a long period of time. And um, they, they were able to see my kids and, and they were able to see them. And um, But yeah, I mean, my parents are talk to them every day. Um, they they live close to us now, so um, yeah, it's it's uh, we're super close. That's family. awesome. And man, you got tell us about your kids. Three kids. I ordered three boys, <laughs> and um, my oldest is nineteen. Uh, Drew. Jeez. Yeah, he's a sophomore in college. He goes to James Madison University and studying business. And uh, my middle son is fifteen, freshman in high school, and then the uh, young one is twelve. Wow. Beckett. So, yeah, My three goodness. crazy boys. So it's Drew, Cooper, and Cooper Beckett. and Beckett. Yeah, wow. and the dog. And the dog. Yeah. Yes, what's the dog's name? Decker. Decker. So Decker <laughs> Cooper, the dog. Decker the dog. Yeah. And, motors, and Andy the motorcycle. No, we're <laughs> Okay, so we're going to go right into where this journey all came from because yeah. you're here and this is how we all know we, we know you and how I know you is uh, Monsters of Hip Hop. Mm -hmm. Amazing, successful dance convention um, unlike any other and I've been around the scene for a minute to kind of know like what each dynamics are and this brings a different kind of dynamic a family setting still a professional atmosphere and I mean some of the biggest talent in the world. So please yeah. tell us about Monsters of Hip Hop and Andy's big idea and how you yeah. got into it. Well, we it wasn't just me. It was uh, Becky and her sister Angie, and um, they grew up dancing competitively, did the you know nationals and all that kind of stuff. And um, I couldn't dance to save my life. <laughs> but um, we we started with a dance studio. Becky had a, a very successful studio, and we were the first studio in our area in Baltimore to offer hip hop. Gotcha. And, that and was so it grew very quickly. Beef Up Dance Company. Yeah, we opened that in 1999, um, and the studio grew very quickly because 
we, you know, we were offering something that was new and exciting and people weren't able to get anywhere else. So the studio grew quickly. I was still doing my full-time job. Um, job hopped a little bit outside of uh, after college. And then um, we got to the point where I either needed to hire somebody or quit and do the business full-time myself. Wow. For the studio. Becky, for the studio. She quit her job. She was in health education and quit her job to do the studio in April. Gotcha. Which is crazy time to do that. But yes. she, she, she came home and told me she quit her, her job, was opening a dance studio. So we had to make it work. And um, so we did that for about two or three years. And then I went part-time for a month and realized I, I, I still have more work to do for the, the business. What, what, and were so what were you doing? What were you doing? I, I worked, uh, so I worked at a, as a freight brokerage, a, fr- a freight broker at a, a brokerage firm and wow. knew nothing about it, but jumped into that. And then I was at the Baltimore Orioles baseball club for a while wow. doing um, marketing. I started giving tours of the ballpark at Camden Yards, which was fun. Oh my goodness. And then I worked for a children's charity, a nonprofit organization doing development. So I job popped a little bit, yeah. but, but all what, those this things. I, this is what people want to know because they want to know. Yeah. What are you doing while you're developing that idea that you want to do? Yeah. You know what I mean? I never in a million years thought I would be uh, an entrepreneur. Oh, my goodness. My wife, my wife's, my my mother-in-law said, you need to do this. And and at a young age, I said, there's no way. I don't want that. Wow. I thought I was adamantly opposed to it. And then all of a sudden, these I'm job hopping, and I didn't find fulfillment in any of these things that I was doing. And I always thought, you know, I had these ideas that I thought were really good ideas, and there was red tape. And I got stopped here and there, and I thought, man, these are really good things that could help. And so when the studio grew and there was an opportunity, it really wasn't an opportunity, it was a crossroads Hmm. where I had to, again, I either needed to hire somebody or take the leap to do it myself, which was the most terrifying thing ever because we were talking about both being self-employed. We didn't come from a wealthy family. We didn't have money. We had money when he opened the studio. It was one room with a small desk in the corner. And we just believed in what we were doing and and had, uh, I mean, we just, we found the right people to work with at the right times. Right. And I feel like we just took a risk. We jumped in. And um, so with Monsters, it was um, Becky and Angie and I were driving home from New York City. And um, we were talking about different things I could do. Um, at that point I had quit my job and I was scared to death cause I walked away from a decent salary, yeah. some security, security, health benefits, all of that. We had a baby wow, and we had the studio. And so now we're responsible for a child, um, keeping a house and teachers to pay. So we had the, you know, collectively we talked about what we liked and didn't like in the dance world in terms of convention business. And at the time it was all competition. It was very competition driven. And Becky and Angie grew up, Becky's favorite style was always hip hop. So right. she would go to a competition at the time and you might get an hour, hour and a half of hip hop. Right. And so you'd be in a room with ballet dancers and jazz and that's great. That's wonderful. I'm not a knocking that. It's just for what she loved and what we were passionate about. Um, didn't exist. Right. And so we kind of saw an opportunity there. They were driving back and forth to New York City all the time to take classes, four hours. Yeah. And so it hit us driving home. They were going up for auditions. They were going up for this and that. And it hit us like, let's do this, focus on this and take mm-hmm. it to the people. And so we, we booked Pennsylvania Convention Center and wow. took a huge risk to, 
I mean, we, we, it was terrifying. When I tell you it was terrifying, we needed almost 300 people. We needed 200 people to break even. And we poured money in that we didn't have. Of course. On a leap that people would come. And so, um, and what happened? People came. <laughs> people didn't believe that it was a convention. They didn't believe. We had 10 of the top hip hop choreographers in the world at the time. I'm talking Travis Payne, Brian Friedman, uh, Rhapsody was there. We had uh, a lot of guys from Rennie Harris Pure Movement Group, which yeah. was like real hip hop education yes. out of Philly. Um, and, and Fatima Robinson. Yeah, wow. And so we had heavy hitters in yes, the business in the at the one. time, at the first one. And people didn't believe us. I'd go talk about it at Broadway Dance Center in New York. I'd set up a booth and I would talk about it. And people, I got all kinds of mixed reviews. People didn't know what I was talking about. Right. And they were like, oh, is this a show? What are you doing? And no, they're not all going to be there. And so when it happened, then people were like, oh, you know, right. this is a real thing. And um, that's kind of. So what was the turning point that it just exploded? Because there's that building phase and then there's a place where it was just like, okay, Monsters is lit. You know what I mean? Man. What was the turning point for you guys to make Monsters turn over? I came in, I think, the third or fourth season. Yeah. Maybe the third. You know what? There's so much blur of those first few years. <laughs> I bet. We were holding on for dear life. Gotcha. Because by 2004, we started 2003, 2004, we had Cooper. So we had a dance studio, we had two boys, uh, and we, well, after the first one, we put together a seven city tour, and that was learning curve after learning curve, you know what I mean? And um, I would say probably a year in, um, about 2005, when we did the first monster show right. in LA. I remember that. And that, that. changed the game. <laughs> yes, it did. Because the there was. Um, and that's what people tell me it changed the game okay. and I see it now you know I didn't see it for a long time and I didn't appreciate it but now looking at the people who've come from it a whole other convention is born from it with the A-list with all those amazing choreographers yeah. and you know so it's amazing I think that's really what it was when we saw what was happening with the monster show and how great that was and not just for the dancers who were coming and training but also for the choreographers who were workshopping and building their director skills and all that kind of stuff. I think the show was a huge catalyst for us. Definitely. I mean, I, I definitely agree because it it put so many people in front of people that wouldn't have been in front of those people. Yeah. And it put you in a working environment with some of the people that you most that you would work with or maybe never work with. Right. You know what I mean? So that was you, you gave opportunity, like you said, once again, where it didn't exist. Yeah. And I think that's also what separates monsters, in my opinion, from a lot of the other conventions. You've created something and we have different um different opportunities in within the uh, under the umbrella that right. don't exist right it's like oh so this is what you want to do no one's ever did that okay great let's do it mm -hmm. and that for me is a um an inspiration yeah um cool. going into why we are here which is your entire journey got you to this place of you're like it's time to write a book right now why now? Mm, there's a lot of answers to that show. Load them up. But I started this book in college before I was ever in, a bus in business. Wow. I, when I first started, it was about my experience with my brother growing up. And he was sick for five years with leukemia and how that 
and when he passed, and and I I got a grant from my university to start writing the book. Wow! So in 1996, I, I started four chapters. You. I don't want to interrupt you because yeah. you said something that I that I that pinpointed. Tell me a little bit about because then we'll get into this. Tell me a little bit about you and your brother's relationship before he was sick. Yeah, uh, that was cool. Um, I was young. He was um, 19. 19- 85 was when he was 15 when he was diagnosed. Mm. So that meant I was 11. Okay. Um, so I was young. Yeah. Um, but I remember, I mean, there's, there were things that we did and, and I'm not going to lie. A lot of what I remember, unfortunately, is the rough stuff. Of course. And I hate that, yeah. but that's life. Yeah. You know, absolutely. I remember hospitals and I remember mm. hospital trips and I remember the night he died and a lot of that stuff. Yes. But I do remember other times. I remember things that we did with my parents. We never grew up a wealthy, we, we were never a wealthy family, but we always did things. Yeah. We did trips to the lake, you know, for a few hours. And we did cookouts and we did, um, you know, whether we used to go to this place in in Gettysburg called Laurel Lake Mm. and we'd go in the middle of the winter when it was frozen over Oh wow! and we would cook out. And my brother, when he got sick, started um, making, building remote control cars. And it was super cool because he was very handy and he would make these cars and we would go to the lake and the lake would be frozen. And we'd ride these remote-controlled cars on the lake. Wow! And so, um, so it was stuff like that. Yeah. We did, you know, we didn't go on regular vacations, family vacations, but we did stuff all the time. Yeah. And family picnics. Family picnics were huge at our house. Always outside. We would be outside playing baseball until we had to call be, be called in, yeah. or we were swinging a golf club, which is a funny story about in the book that hmm. I. But, um, Those are the days when you played, yeah, right? Play, I <laughs> know no, what plays no, anymore. No. Well, we just did stuff outside together all the time. And it was constant. you know, it was, he was a prankster. You know, he was very witty and he was a prankster. So whether he was pranking me or my parents or whatever it is, and that never ended. That that yeah. never ended when he got sick. It even got more exciting. Wow. Um yeah, so, we got in some trouble with that too. That was a good. Thing. I'm sure. So, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. So tell me. So so moving back to that point, yeah. then you started the book. Started the book. You got the grant to start the yep. book. Yeah. Started the book. Wrote four chapters, and then I got a job, and life happened, and I shelved it. Mm-hmm. And then I've journaled about what I've done, what we've done, and and mo- made notes. And I made weird notes. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I'd make notes about my experiences with customer service. It was weird, but there were entrepreneur, it were business type of things that I would make notes about along the way. And I might not have written everything down, but I'd make mental notes. And so customer service was always like one thing that I was one of my pet peeves, whether Mm. I went to Taco Bell or whether I went to, you know, the movies or whatever it was. And I would be analyzing things like that kind of crazy, but it was all those experiences and all the jobs and then growing up in a family with family businesses my grandparents had two businesses and then my wife becky's family had business so i think just being around it um and so over the years i uh we we poured ourselves into work we poured ourselves into what we were doing and into our kids and then um to be honest with you it was um a few years ago when we did our 15th anniversary um rhapsody really pulled us uh she really pushed us. She yeah. pushed Becky and I in that show yeah. in ways that we hadn't been pushed. Yeah. And one thing that we've never really done and been about is bragging. We've never been very boastful or talked about what Monsters does. Right. And I think we've, sometimes I feel like we missed an opportunity talking about 
Look what Jaquel's done. Look what Paris has done. Look what Victoria's done. Look what Sean's done and Nick. So they're never ending. Right. And so we've never really put ourselves out there. We've never really said, look at what we've done. And that's not who we are. Right. But in that show, Rhapsody really was like, you need to tell your story. You need to tell people where you are, who you are and where you've come from. And, um, and that was really uncomfortable. This is really uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable talking about this. And I've, I even sent a note to my staff the other day in the office and I'm like, guys, this is not about Andy and self-promotion. That's it's completely opposite. I want people to know how great Monsters is. I want people to know what their experience will be. And, and more than that, it's like this whole thing is to honor my brother. Right. You know what I mean? And tell my kids about him. Absolutely. And um, what, 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 are the, what are a couple things you think we're going to get? Um, that we might not know that you want to share from the book, and then I wanted you to just read the. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, a, 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 there's a. Book. I mean, there's a lot. The book goes a lot of places, well, and there's a what? lot of levels. There's a lot of. Um, there's a lot of family stories. There's a lot of trials and difficulties and health crises and things like that. Mm-hmm. And pivots. There's a lot of pivots. We've been mm-hmm. doing this 17 years, and there's pivots. All along the way and lessons learned. And I just think the big picture is like just um, impact. I heard this thing on the radio the other day about this guy was talking about his mom who passed away and she had shared the story with him. What There's two people that walk into a room. Do you want to be the person who walks in that everybody wants to talk to and hang out with? Or do you want to be the person who walks in the room and everybody wants to leave? And I want to... You know, I think it's better for us to be that person that is engaging and that wants to have a positive impact on people. And my brother always had a positive impact. In the worst situations, he always had a positive impact. Wow. And so for us, I feel like he had a positive impact, but only had 19 years to do it. Right. So I owe it to him and we owe it to ourselves to do that. Make the best of each day. I would love for you to read a little something from the from the book, just so we can get just a little bit of a taste of you know. This is the first time I've done this show. This is pressure, but thank you. Here we go. Thank you. I think it's going to be you're, you're fine. Okay. Little did I know that this period in my life was preparing me for what was about to happen next. get to it, Joe. I know, I Um, know, I know. I've done a lot of this the last two years writing this, but um, little did I know that this period of my life was preparing me for what was about to happen next. It was the foundation I would need to draw strength and courage from later on. It ingrained the importance of community and family and positivity. You know the old saying, when life gives you lemons? Well, Alan taught us how to make lemonade. Wow ladies and gentlemen and that's just a taste of what we're going to get from this inspiring family and I appreciate you sharing um, this but you know people need to know this story it's not and now and I think one of the things that um, I'm so inspired by is you guys have created and it's because of that you coming from a humble place it's not about boasting and bragging but Rhapsody's right sharing is different and I think we're having to find that difference between boasting and bragging and who is sharing their stories and this story needs to be shared because it's now bigger than you Yeah. so once a story becomes bigger than you it's like no longer yours. Now you can either keep it 
or you can share it and you yeah. can share it from your point of view. So I appreciate that you're doing you. it. Can you let us know um, what the title of the book is, yeah. who's involved, and when we can expect it? Yeah, so um, I had a great partner to help me with it, organize and uh, help me learn how to write a book. Um, mm. Debbie Kevin um, is helping me with it. Um, It'll be available on February 3rd on Amazon, which is the 30th anniversary of my brother's passing. Oh my goodness. And so when um, that date was like, let's do it. So February 3rd, but um, February 4th is our official online launch party. So awesome. I'm going to need all the help I can get. Oh, you got it. Um, but yeah, we really want to spread the word worldwide. So thank you for having uh. me to do this. Thank you for changing people's lives at Monsters the way you have, the way Lissette has, and um, the fun times we've had, music business, and um, all of that. All of so, that, definitely. Yeah. No, it's, it's been and a pleasure. It keeps going. And keeps, it keeps going, going yeah. and I appreciate that. Yep. Um, last moment, who is Andy without Monsters? Uh, dad and husband, son. Um, you know... I'm nobody without my family, but, um, which is why I'm grateful to have this family too. Absolutely. Yeah. Dad, I think would be my favorite has... title. I love so, it. What do you like to do? You. Something fun. What's your, what, what is fun? Andy into? Yeah. Man. Uh, I love my kids activities. I love watching, um, I love watching Drew play dodgeball in college. I like watching Be Beckett play baseball. I love listening to Cooper sing. Nice. Um, I joined an axe throwing league. What? Yeah. Oh, wow. So, um. Getting out there. Yeah, trying to do some fun stuff, so. Okay, so what, what's, what, give us the last moment. Give the show business audience last moment, last word from Andy. What do you want us to know? Oh, man. I think I'd just say go make a difference. Do something mm. for yourself and make a difference. Very nice. Make people smile. Um, so Make people smile and make a difference while you're making people smile. <laughs> All right. Wrapping this up, Andy Funk. Uh, what's the name of the book? The Monsters Family. It's not just business. Ooh. There's a lot of meaning behind that. February 3rd, Amazon. It's lit. <laughs> the Monsters Family. It's not just business. I'll be picking it up. I'll be sharing. And I'm inspired by your story. And I'm um, excited and inspired that I've gotten to be a part of your journey. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. Andy, yeah. <laughs>